episode Alfred is at the helm and is leading us through the topic of the seriousness of the gospel it's something that was laid on his heart so he's given full reign just to exposit the, the true tenets in which we should be focusing on and how it affects us all so without further ado let's head straight on in okay um it's greetings everyone who has turned up uh, we've got a lovely mix tonight. Uh, I think, if anything, just to get the ball rolling, I might just leave it in Alfred's court because um, this subject is his brainchild. I think that we definitely will have stuff to, to drop in as the, the momentum kicks off, but I do want to see where you were pushing this when you brought it up initially. Okay. Okay, you, you want me to kick off now then? If you don't mind. Okay, yes, I will do. So, um, greetings, everyone. Greetings. Greetings. And, um, yeah, um, I am... Um, Reese was asking um, some um, weeks ago um, for suggestions for a topic um, for um, discussion. And, of course, um, I suggested um, the seriousness of the gospel, um, which um, I think is, um, I, I, and, and, and well, um, gladly everybody um, that responded to it um, picked up that there was some currency in the topic um, and yeah, and we decided to go ahead with it. So what I would like to do is um, is just to set a bit of a backdrop and to give a little bit of an introduction, if you like, and then um, and then open the floor up for us to um, to um, discuss the seriousness of the gospel and and how what you feel and what you you know. And one of the things that we always have to do is, well, yeah, um, but what do we see? Um, it happening in our own um, in our own backyard, um, in our own um, experience, in our own lives, you know, because um, what I'm actually proposing tonight is that the gospel is is very serious, and I'm going to try to set a little bit of a backdrop to that um, um, again by um, referring to some scriptures and some um, caveats that I um, that I have. So. I'm gonna uh, and and what I decided to do, I I I actually wrote wrote something so that um, to sort of a set um, the tone, if you like, and to provoke um, the conversation because really it's a conversation that we're going to be having. I hope, and then we can um, we can you, you know um, what we need to do. I think is to use the scriptures as um, the reference point to um validate any 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 suggestion that we have so for example i'm actually suggesting 
I'm asking, I'm posing the question, the seriousness of the gospel. So um, you would anticipate that um, I've got to use a reference to, if, I'm, if that is the place where I'm coming from, suggesting that it is very serious, then I've got to have some scriptural references. You know, and um, and we will discuss. And I, I think um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into it now, and then we can discuss after. So uh, let me um, open up then with um, with uh, something that I just um, put the put um, pen to paper just now. Yeah. So basically, um, context over the past two sessions, the questions, um, uh, the question has been posed: Have we lost grip? of the gospel, which is an interesting question that probably goes far, far deeper than it appears on the surface. For two words are deliberately or accidentally important, lost and grip. Together, um, those two words imply that the gospel is not something that blows aimlessly and settles like um, pollen being blown and carried freely by the wind to take whatever shape the wind determines and then to settle wherever it will. On the contrary, grip infers that we have possession of something. You do not determine what that thing looked like. So the thing that we have grip of, we don't determine what it looks like. We don't determine what the gospel looks like. But that gospel is placed in our hands to take grip, to grip, to hold fast, and then to transport it where it needs to go. So taking our hands off it are losing our grip, our stronghold, firm hold upon it, allows it to become manipulated. Grip suggests that you have some custodianship. To have grip on something suggests that we have some custodianship of it. Taking the bull by the horn, for example, suggests that we are in control of that bull. We are wrestling that bull so that the bull stay on the course or the bull behaves itself or do what we want it to do, to sit, to yield, whatever. So lost, the word lost infers to me carelessness, negligence, lapse of diligence in losing grip of something that was delivered to our charge. So let me refer to a scripture, a couple of scriptures now. So Jesus tells a parable and it's concerning salvation. It's concerning the gospel. And it's in Matthew 13, 24, 25 and 26. And, and it, it, the, Jesus says, and, and, the, and the scripture says another parable he put forward to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, 
his enemies came and sowed tears among the wheat. And the enemy went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, when the wheat had sprung up, when the blade, the, 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 the wheat and the tears sprung up, and, the, and the, the, the blade of corn or wheat sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tears also. Now, the tears is no good, basically. The tears is a blight on the a stronghold, an hindrance on the, the wheat. The wheat is the important thing. The wheat is the crop that we, that we need. But somebody sabotaged. This is what Jesus is saying. While men slept, the enemy entered into the field and sowed the tears among the wheat. A saboteur. Somebody has come to sabotage um, what Jesus did, what, you know, because he said, well, you know, it says he planted good seed in his field. But while men slept, you see, there's a suggestion there, and, and, and going back again when with the question that Reed posed over the last couple of um, sessions, have we lost grip of the gospel? Now, that's interesting. So, I think... Um, Sorry, there. Hello, hello, Evelyn. We're on. Um, we're. Are you trying to get on? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get on now. But I'll, okay. I'll get on it soon. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no okay. Yeah, no okay. I'll try and get on now. Yeah. Thank you. Because I'm. I'm. Okay. I'm actually on. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm gonna switch this phone up. Next. Next person. Next person. Ring me. They will go into the atmosphere. So, 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 um, so Reese posed that very interesting question, and sometimes, sometimes it appears on the surface that we pose a question, and the question is just it's just a question. But sometimes, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit just work on those questions because the the, the idea that is suggesting have we we that's the question Reese posed have we we lost grip on the gospel. So that suggests to us that uh, just like what Jesus said here, men slept while men slept, whilst we slept. And enemy came in and sowed tears in the field. So, so, so there is, um, if those men were not sleeping, the enemy could not come in and sow tears. But while men slept, we... If we go back to my previous um, suggestion that lost infers carelessness, negligence, a lapse of diligence in losing grip of something that was delivered to our charge. So, so, so there you have it. Delivered to the servant's charge was to look after the field, to watch it. You're watching it for birds, whatever, that's coming to heat off the corn, or, uh, you know, you, you, you're watching it for, for thieves that's coming to steal things. You're watching it also for um, people who are jealous, people who, are, people who um, don't share your, um, your, 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 what you're doing, don't share your business. A competitor, you know, want to sabotage um, what you're doing. And Jesus has around him in the gospel, people who want to sabotage 
what is what is going on. And the person at the head, the leadership of the sabotage is is the devil, as we know. You know, our adversary, the scripture says, is as a roaring lion, roaming and walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So while men slept, that's important. You know, losing grip of the gospel, losing um, ownership of what was put in their hands to take ownership and to take to protect. Yeah. Another part. So so we go on to another scripture and. Um, and this is from Jude. Jude is um, the brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. He never introduced himself as the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he introduces himself as the brother of James, you know, which is a humbling way to introduce himself. You know, he doesn't want the limelight. He doesn't want to take um, deflect deflection. I uh, doesn't want to put the spotlight on himself. So he says, James, he identifies himself as the brother of James. And if we know the story, we know that James was the brother of Jesus Christ. You know, so, so in an indirect way, he does that. So he writes to us and he says, beloved, when I gave um, some diligence, some careful thought to write unto you now, you know, this is this is some time now. The gospel has been preaching. It's 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 alive. It's it's been propagated. You know, and people are being converted. And as people are converted, you know, um, you know, you need to keep um, a grip on things. <laughs> That's a lovely word. You need to keep a grip on things. Otherwise, things can get out of hand. You know, everybody can go off at a tangent and begin to do their own thing. You know, and develop their own doctrine. Give their own. Um, kind of an interpretation and their own spin on the gospel. So Jude, who was the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ and an apostle as well, if I if I if I suggest that, you know, um, and if you know, or if we don't class him as an apostle, he definitely was an eyewitness as well to what was going on, you know, and and he was one of them who, at um, a certain point in Jesus's ministry, him and his other brothers, they didn't believe. It, it, that Jesus was whom people were saying that he was and whom Jesus was um, claiming to be. But eventually, um, you know, um, they came around and they saw um, the, the miracles, the, the, the words, the, um, the presence of God surrounding him, you know, and um, that he was not just a prophet. He was not just an ordinary man. So this Jude now, he is uh, now... He has now taken ownership, a grip on the gospel himself. Now, and the gospel is going on, but then he sees certain things happening around, and he thinks now, as an apostle, if I call him an apostle, it is time for him to make a statement to um, to challenge um, the people who are around. So I said, beloved. When I gave all diligence, and now, now, first of all, before I go into this beloved, listen to verse one, then probably how Jude, who's Jude is addressing himself to. He says, mercy, he said, Jude, chap, Jude, Jude one, two, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Um, that's, now in actual fact, let me go even a little bit further. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James, 
to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Now that is very, very important in, consider in consideration of the topic and themes that we're discussing tonight. He's saying, he's writing to a particular group of people and Reese is posing a question over the last couple of sessions to a particular group of people. We, we who heard, received, the gospel. Jude says, um, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, to them that are preserved in Jesus Christ, to them that are called, called. Now, those are all very interesting words. Called, called for what purpose? You know, call, one of the, the, the calling of God is twofold. One is to, um, is to be saved, is to preserve your soul, is to make sure that your calling and our, how we're calling an election is sure. The next thing is to promote, to promote, well, actually three things, to promote the gospel. And the third thing is what Jude is actually writing to, the, to these called people, these preserved people, these sanctified people, these called people. He's actually writing to them for, and, and addressing the third um, point, which is, he said, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you concerning the common salvation, he said it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you. Now those words are very, very strong words. Exhort, plead with you, encourage you, stir you up, that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So the faith basically is the gospel. You know, and, and, and sometime in the past, this faith was delivered to us, to those people that he's writing to. And Jude is very conscious that things are happening to this faith that was delivered, the original faith that was delivered. Something was happening to it. People were um, diluting it. People were reinterpreting it according to their own um, sensitivities. And this disturbed Jude. So Jude says, I'm writing now, not to everybody, but I'm writing to those people who are, who are called by Jesus Christ. I'm writing to those people whom God has sanctified. I'm writing to those people whom God has called. Because we have a duty. We're not called to, to, um, to keep, to make the house look pretty. We're not called um, like some people would buy a, a beautiful um, picture, uh, in, uh, you know, um, of some famous artist or whatever, and you just put that up on the wall or you put it in a corner or you buy a beautiful vase or some, and some decorative object and put it in your room to make the room look good. Now, Jordan might buy himself um, a beautiful um, drum and, 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 and he has it there in his room, but, 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 but I don't think Jordan would want a drum just to be there uh, soon he would be beating it, he'd be using it, he'd be utilizing it, he'd be using it to do the job that drums do, you know, and if anybody and, and here is a guitarist or, or if you have a car, the car isn't just an object to, um, isn't just an object to, to, to view and to watch and to look upon and to wash and polish, it's to do work, 
It's to take your places. It's to transport you. It's to help you to carry, to make your burden light, to carry things. It's to help other people too as well, hopefully. So Jude said, look, there are people who have, who are, who have, who have come into amongst us and they're causing a problem with the gospel. And Jude's, Jude is literally saying, I don't want you who are called, who are preserved, who are sanctified by God. I don't want you to lose grip of the gospel. So he said, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you concerning the common salvation, which is the gospel, it was needful. It was necessary for me. Why was it necessary? It's necessary because something is happening that makes it necessary. If every if if um, if nothing was happening that that um, that was conflicting and contrary, Jude would not have to. But it was necessary for him to. He said it was necessary for me to write unto you, and to exhort you, to plead with you, to stir you up, that you shouldn't be complacent, because I think that's one of the the, the thing. That's what coming out of Reese's original question: Have we lost? Now, why do we lose? Why do we lose? Probably we see things happening. And we just become complacent and we've fallen asleep and think that things will take care of itself. We think, you know, just like in Jesus's parable, probably, you know, the people, you know, one would think that, oh, this, the seeds are planted. It will just grow and take care of itself. No, it needs, it needs attendance. You know, the gospel is no difference. The gospel, because we're in a wicked world where men are pernicious, where men are evil, where men uh, where, where, there, where the forces of darkness exist, and the force of darkness exists in our world, in our midst, in our congregants, in amongst our congregants, in our presence, for no other purpose than to um, than to um, confront, to try to um, dilute, adulterate, and confuse the gospel, get it uh, to get the gospel mixed up with other human ideas to get the, the gospel mixed up with other philosophies. So then, you know, it just, be, it, it, it loses its speciality. It loses its, its uniqueness. You know, it becomes just like Buddhism or, 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 or Confucianism or some other form of um, human intervention to, to pacify the, the soul and the minds of people. So Jude says, I'm exhorting you. I had to write to you because things were happening that I saw. And I had to write to you to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for this faith. Work, fight for it. That's what he's saying. Fight for it. Men are wrestling it out of your hand. Men are causing you to lose your grip of it. Men are taking ownership of it. When it was delivered into your hand, you're allowing people who don't know it, who don't have a love for it, whom it hasn't been given to, to be um, manipulating it. So, so he says, I'm, I, I gotta ex I'm exhorting you that you earnestly and those words are so emotive earnestly you know um it that suggests you know um with some intensity carefulness you know you need to see what's going on earnestly you know you need to be deliberate it is a, you're deliberate and intentional about what you're doing you know and with the gospel the gospel is an intentional thing and we got to be intentional about about um about contending for it, fighting for it. Some people will say, you don't have to fight for the gospel. You know, God will take, it's God's word, he'll take care of it. It's God's doctrine, it's, God, it's God's um, gospel, he'll take care of it. So why in the hurt then is Jude exhorting us 
if that is the case, that it will just everything will take care of. Why does Jesus say, while men slept, while who slept, while his disciples slept, while his servants slept, whilst whilst his called ones slept, whilst his sanctified ones slept, whilst those who are preserved, whilst they slept, the enemy came in and did their thing. And so easy it is while we, we could be sleeping and people could come in amongst us. Well, they're in the world anyway. They're all around the place, but they come sometime under the guise of religion and Christianity, and then they become in our space. It doesn't have to be your local church. It doesn't even have to be your denomination. It could be anywhere. It could be Mr. T.D. Jakes. He's not part of our organization. It could be Joyce Meyer. It could be Benny Inn. It could be Maurice Sorella. It could be a raft of other people. Doesn't matter. They're occupying your space. Your space is the gospel. <laughs> our space is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And whoever entered that space of the gospel, they fall. If you are watchful, it's your business. It's, a, it's like, it's like, it's, the gospel is a little bit like it's your business, your, your business. Now, you do not watch and see people come and damage your business and you just sit down carelessly or say, oh, well, so, you know, oh, I'll go to the bank and I'll get another loan and I'll sort. No, you don't do that. It's too costly. It's too costly. It's too destructive. You can't afford. You, you, sometimes when the gospel is, when these folks take hold of it. It's not say, it's not what they take hold of. It's the influence. It's the impact. It have upon people who are not strong, who are not weak, who are weak. You know, it's the impact it have on them. That's what we're concerned about. That's why we want them to have the undiluted gospel of Jesus Christ, the undiluted word of God. That's what we want them to have so that they don't, you know, they, 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 they start on a good foundation. So the gospel, so, so Jude, Jude goes on and he says that, you know, um, the gospel is not, and basically this is me now, this is me saying, um, for, Jude gives the reason, he said, look, the reason why I'm stirring you up, guys, brothers, remember I'm talking about the seriousness of the gospel, the reason why I'm stirring you up is for this reason, for there are certain men crept in, Unaware. Does that sound familiar? Like what Jesus said, while men slept, while the guardian slept, while the watchmen slept, people crept in, the enemy crept in and, and, and began to try to spoil the spoil the harvest. You know, for there are for Judas, for there are certain men crept in, crept in where? Now, if you're crept in, that means that you come into the fold, you come among the believers, you come, you come among the believers and you Purport yourself, you, you disguise yourself, you act, you behave, you take on the persona of a, of a believer. For there are certain men crept in unawares, you know, who were before of old. Now he said, the Judas said, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Judas basically said, these are demonic people who, 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 have, who never meant the gospel any good. They're the enemies of the cross, but they've crept in unawares. And he uses the term, he said, who were before of old ordained. Basically, they were ordained, and they were not ordained by God. They were ordained by their master, the devil, to come in and to pervert and to corrupt the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, and, and they come in, and this is what the apostle Paul says. He says, some people come in to preach. He says, some people preach Christ for contention. Some people preach Christ for gain, wealth, money, 
because the gospel is such a is such a strange thing and and why is it such a strange thing it's such a strange thing how it reacts and responds to people because we're human beings and we have we have vacuum in our lives we have we go through all kind of emotional and psychological and spiritual challenges that makes us vulnerable makes us you know, makes us vulnerable for, for 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 comfort for solace you know for 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 ideas for some anchor to hold on to and that's where these these devious, demonic, wicked people creep in to sow some seed, to draw away people, to use cunning, man-made cunning words and ideas and pomp and pride and, you know, an idea and suggestion, you know, name it and claim it, you know, um, you know, um, you know, um, Whatever, whatever you need, God will give you. God will, you, God will make you rich and give you abundance and all these things, you know. And this is big, and people latch into this thing because we, as human beings, we have this, these needs in us for substance to live on. For, um, for, for, um, we have a need for um, recognition, for acceptance. And these motivational preachers don't preach the power of God. They preach motivation, you know, to people. So the gospel, so basically, so, so, so Jude is saying, on God, he says, for thee, there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this. And it's a condemnation. They're, they're, it's a condemnation because they, when they're doing the thing that they're doing, which is contrary to the gospel, they are become the enemies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a condemnation because they know wrestle against God. And um, I think Eli, Eli the prophet would say, my son, if a man contend with another man, well, we can do something. But if a man contend with God, who will stand, who will stand with you? You know, who will make, who will plead with you when you, when, when you fall under God's judgment? So, so Jude says, um, so there are certain men who were before of old ordained appointed if you like to this condemnation and he, 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 he defines them and sometimes we're afraid because we don't want to make judgments and you know, I know we got a, a younger generation of folks growing up and we're afraid to make judgments we're we're afraid to look at something and call the spade the spade we're a bit sensitive I don't know I don't I, we, 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 I don't know if it's the hot bringing I don't know if it's the schooling or whatever else we're afraid to to call something by the name that it deserves to be called. But Jude is not, neither is, neither is Christ ever, neither are the apostles, neither are people who are protecting something. We call the thing what it is. And he says, these men were ordained, they were appointed to condemnation. And he, he begins to tell you, they're he said, they're ungodly men. And they're turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, into wickedness, into greed into idolatry, lasciviousness, into, into lustful, lustful thing, into, into, um, into things that are not spiritual. And then he goes on and he says, and they are denying the holy Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's who they are. Now, what, now the gospel is not fun, brothers and sisters. The gospel is not fun. I know we're in a age where everybody likes to have fun. We come to church and we like to have fun. We come to church and we want to leave with a smile on our face. 
and and that's you know and we were happy we, you know we come to church we were happy today church was great church was fantastic you know but did you meet god did god speak to you did god reveal himself to your heart did god draw you closer to him or were you just happy there to see alfred and to hear alfred sing and to hear jordan play the drum or play the music or to hear the voice of the preacher or to see somebody what made you happy Sometimes we don't even know what makes us happy. So he says, he said, listen, the gospel is not a fun thing. It's serious and it's weighty. I know sometimes people don't like things to be weighty. We like things to be light, light. We don't like to leave people with a heavy heart. But my God, we're going to come down as I go down. You're going to see Jesus left people with heavy hearts. And therefore, if Jesus left people with heavy heart, why because of what he said to them why do you think your job and my job should be to make people come in people who are sinners come in um with laden with sin and leave happy because we have not laid the weight the weightiness of the gospel the weightiness of the word of god on them it's our job it's our duty to lay and, and you're not making it weighty Brothers and sisters, we are not making it weighty. We are delivering what's been put in our hand. And the thing that's delivered and put in our hand, it happens to be weighty. I'm not making it weighty. I cannot make it weighty. It is weighty. It killed Jesus. It cost him his, it cost him life. He had to give up his life. It was weighty. It was so weighty, Jesus said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death my father my father if it is possible take this cup the cup means burden this weight away from me but he said you know i know i gotta do it i gotta do it because it's alfred it's paramvir it's all these brothers and sisters on this platform tonight that they need me to do it they need me to I must do it for their sake, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why he came. It was weighty. The Bible said it was so weighty that his sweat became, as it were, great drops of blood. Blood. So, the gospel is weighty. The gospel demands of us attention and obedience. The gospel does not negotiate with us to say, Alfred, can you manage this? Can you manage this? Is this too hard? Is this too difficult? You know, do you do I need to take some of the some of the um, the sting out of what you're being asked to do? There's no negotiation. Something is presented, deliver it. We don't, we, we deliver it as it was presented. So let me go on a little bit because I need to hear your discussion. Um, St. Matthew 22, Jesus said unto him, I'm just trying to show that Jesus did not, there's no negotiation when it comes to the gospel. Listen to Jesus. You know, you know, you know, brothers and sisters, Jesus said something, you know, um, and I'm talking, remember, remember always what we're talking about. We're talking about the seriousness of the gospel. The gospel brought Jesus into a situation with the people who were following him. And um, they were following him and they were following him well, well, following him. They were hooking onto him. And now 
He begins to unveil the gospel. Because, you know, it's sometimes people come on at the first stage of something, but when the, when the, go, when the, when the going gets tough, sometimes you, you see people, people retreat. Because I didn't know it was going to be this hard. I didn't know that this was that I had to do this. I didn't know that I was going to be this was going to be demanded of me. You know, but Jesus now, listen to Jesus. Jesus reached a certain point now where he's now um, gonna um gonna present so um, the grit of the gospel. He says, he said to the people following him, he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. And the people begin to murmur one to another. They say, what? Shall we eat this man's flesh? And the Bible said they, they were offended because of what he said. And the Bible says from that moment, many of them walked with him no more. Now, Jesus saw them departing. And Jesus did Jesus run after them? No, he didn't. Jesus turned on the other end to the disciples that were still remaining, namely the 12 and probably some more as well. And he says to them, will you also go? Jesus didn't even begin to qualify what he was talking about. He just asked them the question, will you go as well? Is that, you know, they're going, Do, are you going as well? And now, now the, these guys, um, they, they, their response was good because they understood. They said, look, master. No, it doesn't matter what you say to us. It doesn't matter how weighty you put this thing on. We are in hellfire. We need, we need, you are the only, he said, they said that you have the word of eternal life. You have the word of escape out of the problem that we're in. So whom shall we go seeing you have the word of eternal life? So we will hear you. We'll hear whatever you have to deliver, whatever you have to say, whatever it takes. That's what we're going to do because you have the way. Nobody else have the way. You are the only person with the way to eternal life. You only you are the only person that have the words of eternal life. Therefore, we will have to stick with you. We love to stick with you. We will. We must stick with you because you're going to deliver us from all our sins and our iniquity and the punishment of hell. So, 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 so that that that's that's it. Jesus didn't make the thing easy easy for them. You know, it, it can't because you know it wasn't made easy for Jesus. We also have got to go through it, you know, but the thing is, it will never be as hard for us as Jesus, because Jesus is helping us, the Holy Spirit is helping us, we have, we have one another encouraging one another, and all those things, so we have a battalion of support to help us make the journey, so, so as weighty as it is, we have support, and so I don't want to depress anybody, yeah, so Jesus, Jesus said unto him, this young man come to Jesus, Jesus said, um, the young man asked Jesus, now, what good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. I love that, you know. You hear that, brothers and sisters? It did, it, the scripture qualifies. You shall love the Lord. But how? With all your heart. With all your soul, not it. There's no room. There's no room for anything. It's all, 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 all. You know, and that's how serious the gospel is. You cannot come to God to give Him a part of you. You cannot come to God to give Him um, a percentage of you. God does not share with anybody. He wants the, He wants everything. So, so this is the first. And so this, Jesus said, this is the first and great commandment. Give the love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then He says, 
I know some people will say, well, yeah, 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 I love the Lord, I love the Lord, but Jesus actually say, well, you know, that, that, that's good. You can confess that because God is in heaven and it's easy for anybody to say, I love God, I love God, I love God. But can you say the same thing about your brother, your sister, your flesh and blood, people that, um, that upset you, people that step on your toe, people that frustrate you? Can you say the same thing? because they're in your physical presence now. And, the, and but so Jesus bring them in. It's not just all about me, it's a relationship that you have as, as children of God. Children of God must have fellowship. And Jesus said, and, and he continues, and the second commandment is like it, is like the first one. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. <laughs> now, isn't that weighty? Isn't that weighty? You've got to love your neighbor just like how you love yourself and Jesus, that is, that's heavy. But sometimes, because we don't articulate, we don't think through what is said, it's light. But when we really begin to think through the thing that is said to us, we discover these are really heavy things. I gotta love my neighbor just, if I would not do this to myself, I should not do it to my neighbor. If I would, if I would elevate myself, I, would, I must also elevate my neighbor. If I would not curse myself, I cannot curse my neighbor. If I would not, oh, you know how it go, as yourself. Whatever you would do to yourself, that is good. You must also be prepared to do those good things to your neighbor as well. Yeah. Whatever sacrifice you would make for yourself, you're supposed to be prepared to make. It's heavy. It is heavy. He said unto him, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, you know, what is written in, in the law? What is written in the law? You know, a lot of people, you, you know, um, uh, you know, I mean, we're not going into, into the, this, that part of the discussion now, but a lot of people um, relegate the Old Testament as if it is not important. But what is Jesus referring to? Jesus is referring to what we call the Old Testament. Jesus said, what is written in the law? How, how read us now? How do you read it? You know, and that, that is interesting. How do you read it? Now, sometimes I know that sometimes we don't read the scripture. So how do you know what is in it? How do you know what God is expecting? How do you know the standard, the behavior, the thing that God is expecting of you and how he's expecting you to think? Because God is not just expecting me to do things. He's expecting me to actually have a particular kind of mindset, a, a particular kind of way I think and perceive and look and view and judge and wrestle. You know, he doesn't leave it up to me to say, oh, you know, think how you want to think. God wants me to think like him. Be thou holy as I am holy. Let this mind be in you, even the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. That's, we're not our own. You say, the apostle says, you're not your own. Sometimes we behave, we act as if we belong to ourselves and we can do what we want, when we want and how we want. But the scripture says, when you come to Christ, when we come to Christ, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. You're a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. You belong to God. We belong to God. But we still believe so frequently that we can do what we want, when we, when we want, with whom we want, because, you know, it's my life. But no, when we come to God, we sold our lives to God. We become his servant. When you're a servant, you do what the master says. You behave how the master wants you to behave. And that's what it is. But we... But sometimes these things don't resonate in us because we don't think about them. Sometimes we, and sometimes that's why it's so great that Reese is having these discussions because this is forcing us to begin to think about the things that we profess, the thing that we, 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 we um, silently believe. 
But when you begin to articulate it and talk about it, you find out that there's more depth, there's more seriousness, there's more gravity to the thing we're talking about. And then we got to step up a gear, many gears. So thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And, he's, and he said unto him, that's, the, that's what the man said to Jesus. So the man know the scripture. The man knows the scripture like many of us know the scripture. I know the scripture. Do we do the scripture? It's a different thing to know it and to be able to quote it. So Jesus says, thou hast answered right. And Jesus says, this do, and thou shalt have life. <laughs> you know, so let me go on a little bit more then. So, um, Jesus tells us a little bit more about how weighty the scripture is. He says, he says, we should confess Christ, confess Christ. And, and I would challenge us to think what it means to confess Christ. Sometimes we think confessing Christ is coming into church and say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus. And I say to, to Jordan and Jordan says to me and Jordan says to his friend and Jordan's friend said to him and Brother Prambi's friend says to him and Brother Prambi said to me and we say to one another, I, I can't see the names uh, who's on the platform actually. So if I'm, if I'm just calling a few names, it's because those are the ones that I saw initially because I'm actually reading from, um, from my document in front of me and, and I, can't, I can't, can't see who is who. Yeah. So, so Jesus says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. And then he said, But whosoever shall not, sorry, whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So, you know, what does, that, what does this mean, confess God? You know, we. If we are put to it out there and people want to know if you're a Christian, you got to come out of the closet like the gay man come out of his closet and tell you to say, I'm gay. Or the lesbian woman come out of her closet and say, I'm a lesbian and I'm proud of it. Or the transgender or whatever come out of their closet. They're not hiding. They come out blazantly and tell you what they are. So why should the disciple and the followers and those who are called of God and sanctified be afraid to come out and say, I unashamedly, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe in the word of God as received. You know, so that's what Jesus said. We, we must be prepared to confess him before men, to tell, to confess that Jesus is the one. Jesus is the only one. Jesus is the God. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the way. He's the own. He's the resurrection. He's coming again. I believe in him. He was born of the Virgin Mary. You know, he was brought into the world through the Holy Spirit, and he was born of a virgin. He lived, he preached, he taught, he went to the cross, he died, and hallelujah, praise God, he was resurrected, and he's coming back again to judge the world of sin. And to reward those who fall will be accepted and believe in him. That's confessing the Lord Jesus Christ. You confess to me, you're literally confessing to me, saying, He is my Lord. It's like your mom. You're walking in town and you're with your friends, and you see your mom, and some people don't want to, don't want anybody to know that that's my mom and whatever else. But 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 then you walk in by you say, That's my mom. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter if she doesn't have no hair in her head. That's my mom. 
you know, um, you know, are your poor old papa, your poor old papa um, walking all bent over, bent over with gray hair and, and whatever else, you know, um, and, and um, uh, you know, um, looking uncouth and everything. You're going to confess him. That's my dad. Don't hide. If you're ashamed for him, that's what we're saying. If you're ashamed, whosoever is ashamed to confess me before men, Jesus said, I will be ashamed to confess him before my father, which is in heaven. That means if Jesus does not confess and confessing means it's almost like he's introducing you said, behold, brother Param via my servant. That's what he's saying to God. Behold, my servant, brother Reese. You know, um, you know, that's confessing. God is present. Jesus is presenting us before the throne of God and the angel saying, these are mine. These confess me. These were not ashamed of me. You know, these were not ashamed. The world tried to make us ashamed. And, and our hearts make us ashamed because we sometimes are fearful. But Jesus, if you confess me, if you come out of the closet and be prepared to be bold and let my name be known and let your light shine and let them know that the light that shine in you is the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will not be ashamed of you, but I will confess you before God. I will declare you before God. That's what it means. I'll declare you before God. This is, you know, this is so-and-so, <laughs> you know, so sometimes the weightiness of the gospel so what we're saying the weightiness of the gospel the gospel is so light man the, the gospel is so light there's no demand on it yo it's like a breeze you know you just you just sail along and the gospel just you're just floating right into heaven no 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 listen to you listen to what jesus says the gospel is a, there's a sword the gospel is a sword and a sword is not a sword is not a decoration. It's not something you. It's not an ornament that you put up. A sword is to do work. It's to cut and kill and and injure and wound. It's a battle. It's a battle equipment. You know. So Jesus says, he asked them the question because people have people have um, wrong um, perception about Jesus Christ. Then. Today also, we have a lot of wrong perception about Jesus. Oh, Jesus is so nice. Jesus is so beautiful. Jesus is great. Jesus is fantastic. Oh, I love him. He's so wonderful. He makes me feel good. He makes me want to say hallelujah. He makes me, he makes me sing. He makes, you know, that's what I feel so good about Jesus. You know, oh, but, but listen now, this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, you think, you think, we got a lot of people in here who are friends, right? Because I heard your little banters before, and it's lovely. I love to hear banters with young people. You know, and um, But here's the thing now. Here's the thing. Do you think that Jesus came to make, um, let's say, Reese, your cousin is in there? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Quite a few cousins, to be fair. Remind me what your cousin's name is again. Um, oh, we've got, we've, got Ella here, we've got James, we've got Dwayne and Rachel. Okay, you got holy then. Yeah. Wow. So, 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 my, I'm going to pose a question to you before I read the scripture. Do you think that Jesus came to make, to make, and, 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 and it's a question, it's a question that we, you know, it's a question that means what it means, and the answer demand also has a is specific, but also, the, 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 you know, the, there's, um, there's a way that it could be misinterpreted as well, but I want to, um, I want to pose it to you nevertheless, because I think we are mature, and we're going to understand where I'm coming from, um, I'm going to explain it anyway, but Reese, do you think that, say, that Jesus, you know, um, your cousin, he is to the west, you are to the east, and another one to the south, and another one to the north. 
in and I'm talking in ideas, in morality, in 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 um in um in morality, in um, ethics, in principles, in godly principle, when all diverse, all of it. I'm going to ask you, do you think that Jesus came to make you guys all lovely, unkidori peace, unkidori um, with one another? I'd say in part, yes, there would be unity. No, 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 no. I'm saying, do you think Jesus, do you think Jesus came to make you what am I just saying? You are how you are. You're you're not changed. You you. So I say you are at the east. One's the one that's one that's the east. Oh, one is at the west. One's at the south, and one's at the north. That's how you are. You are fixed in time. Yeah. So and that's how you are in your relationship and things like that. My question and that's morality and ethics and godly principles and whatever else. Um um. Um, my question is: one, one curse God, one, one blaspheme God, one love God, one, one. You know, nah, today I like God, tomorrow. Nah, nah. Yeah. My question is: Do you think that in that scenario that you guys are in, that God, Jesus, came to make you peaceful in that situation? No, there would be a a vigorous sort of changing of direction. Right. So let, 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 let me help you there with the scripture as well. Right. So this is what the scripture says. Jesus posed a question because we, we, we love, we are know in our narrative, we always see, remember we talk about the, the, the seriousness of the gospel, the weightiness of the gospel. You know, um, we see Jesus coming to make everything nice and unkidori. That's how pe a lot of people see Jesus in a very simplistic way, almost like the little baby in the manger making all of us feel all nice and gooey gooey, you know, but Jesus says, Jesus posed the question to them. He said, what do you think? He said, think not. He tell them, do not think. He said, I know how you're thinking. And he's talking to them, do not think that I am come to send peace on earth. But that's what we hear all the time. Jesus come to make peace. No. Jesus said, no. Jesus said, do not. This is the word of Jesus. He said, do not think that I came to send peace on earth. And he tell you what. Now, it's easy to say don't think I came to that. But then now what makes it really strong? He actually said, he's now going to tell you why he came. He says, I came not to send peace, but a sword. <laughs> he said, I came to send a sword for I am come to set, a, to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. That's what Jesus said. Now, what's Jesus saying? Are you for me? Are you for me? If you are for me, you got to make some decision. right? And, and he's not telling you, Jesus is not telling you, that's a you gotta go and fight your brother or your sister. He's telling you that's a you gotta make a stand. You gotta confess me. When your brother calling up and Satan, he might be a Satan worshiper. He might be a witch. He might be a he might be a wizard. He might be he, 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 he might be a um, a, a serial a, 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 a serial um, serial sex man. If you understand what I mean, you know, woman here, woman there, and whatever, all over the place. You know, and and he's living in that kind of a dropping babies all over the place and things. Um, and that might be some some people's lifestyle. And you, do you think that Jesus still in all those diverse and conflicting conditions that God want you, God call you into 
into his um into his um into his presence sanctify him, for you to to be so unky dory no you gotta confess god and when you confess god you don't make war with people people automatically say i can't stand reason anymore no man this man too holy for me you know you know, and that's what jesus set a sword because you hold him because you embrace him automatically people people don't like you cannot like you cannot agree with you because you are sticking to the glue you are sticking to the lord you are sticking to the principle of god automatically jesus has brought a sword in your relation before jesus came into your life even though your brother had had 15 women and and your sister had 15 men and whatever you all got unlike honky dory you all were pleased because nobody had to challenge them but when jesus come into your life your very lifestyle challenged them and you don't compromise you confess god before before them and you'll see there will be a sword. You will be at variance. A man, Jesus, a, a man will be at variance with his father. Uh, why? Because somebody choose me and somebody reject me. And the daughter again. And 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 it's not just true. It's it's not just that you choose Jesus. It's how you manifest him. You you the lifestyle, the light you shine. You know. And men don't like light because their deeds are evil, so they don't like light. So when you become the light of the world, people, you say, man. I'll, you know, reason my family, you know, but boy, him and this Jesus thing, you know, and every time I see the man, the man make me feel guilty. I mean, I'm to visit him no more, you know, and you, you, you see where I'm coming at? You, you see what I'm saying, Reese? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Pastor yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alfred, just a question. Yeah. I, yes. I thank you for yeah. your, um, you know, what you've explained about the gospel. It's, it's amazing yeah. uh, about the, um, uh, the seriousness of the gospel. Um, the question I have is. Yes. Uh, how can we contend for the faith? Right. Okay. So, 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 so let me let, can I, can I be, um, can broaden, throw it out there since, since I've been going on, let me throw it out there and hear what some others have to say. How can we, since we, I think, I, I hope that we will all accept, you know, and if I, if I went on more in this deliberation, you would see that the thing is very serious, you know, and, um, and there's no, it is uncompromisingly serious. And then, and then there's something that we got to do. We got to hold onto it for ourselves and we got to defend it because that's what Brother Parmes and contend for it. That literally means fight for it, fight for it against people who are wrestling against it. You know, so so Brother Parmi is asking, how can we contend for the faith? So um, let let me let me um, let me get some some feedback, please. All right, I'll see you later, Jordan. Go on. Hello, can I can I ask a yeah, question to Brother Alfred? Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I I just wanted to know, um, because you 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 put a question to put, and I just wanted to know how that related to the fact of when I was speaking to my cousin. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm 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 kind of struggling of how you've used that as why Christ came. I uh, I'm, I'm, I just want to know how you've married that together, just okay. for some clarity. Okay. Because Christ came to fulfill. 
he came to fulfill the scripture. He came to, to stop the separation between man and God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I just want to know, I just want to, I just want yeah. some clarity. Yeah. Yeah. In actual fact, Christ didn't come to stop the separation between man and God. Christ came um, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So basically he came with a message. He came with a, he came with an offering and whosoever accept that offering, then they would, not, then and basically um, they would not perish, but have eternal life. So, so Jesus, and, and, and notice the word, no, Jesus, so that whosoever, we think that Christ come like, like some magic spell, you know, to make peace among men, 100 million percent. That's not what he came. He came the bible says that god is god is like god listen listen to what jesus says to the woman at the well jesus when the woman is talking talking to jesus jesus said um you know um god is a spirit the father is a spirit um, and 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 he seeketh such you know whosoever worship the, the father is a spirit and whosoever worship the father must worship him in spirit and in truth and jesus went on to tell the woman furthermore he says the father seeketh such to worship him so god is you know god is seeking god is here on earth god is god's spirit is here on earth seeking his own worshipers you know he said to his disciples you have not chosen me i have chosen you and, and every one of us here tonight we sometimes feel that we made at this, that we we made all the decision. God drew us. The Holy Spirit was working us. We don't even know it happened so. It happened so surreptitiously. It happened so silently. So so unwittingly, unknowingly, that God is working with us. And hence, we are where we are, not because we are so righteous and and because we are so convicted of God, but because God is seeking His own worshippers. As a matter of fact, um. The, the apostle puts it like this as well, my brother, and he says, um, we believe that, say, you know, we're all on this, this, tree, this tree. God says, you know, God says, yet once more, I am going to shake the earth. I'm going to shake not only the earth, but the heaven and the earth. And he gives the reason. He says, the reason why he's shaking, he says, I am shaking it so that those things which cannot be shaken will remain so it's almost god knows that some that's why jesus would say i am the vine and you are the branches if you abide in me so 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 if we abide on that tree when god shakes it on the hurt when god shakes it we will be saved but god is actually when you listen to the language of that he's shaking it so that what's whosoever cannot be shaken off will remain so he's shaking it to prove us He's shaking it to secure us. He, God don't want everybody who's just who's just there for their sake. He wants those who who who, who wants to be there, who, who 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 feel the need to be there, you know. And the need is because God is first. They love God. They they absorb God. They they, they God is the God is the central thing. God is the central thing. We recognize it, and everything else pales into insignificance. So. So, so, so what I'm actually saying is that no, God did not come to make peace unheard. God came to make peace between those, those who choose him. There is now peace between those who choose him and those, uh, and God, you know, but not everybody, you know. So that's what, so that, so Jesus is actually telling them, he said, look, he said, I know what you're thinking. 
this is the, the people he's talking to. He says, I know what you're thinking. So he says, don't think it. He said, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. No, I come not to, he repeats it. He, it's a double whammy. He says, don't think, uh, he, says, I, he said, you think not that I am come to send peace on earth. He says, I came not to send peace, but a sword. And what is this sword? That's what we, that's what we need to understand. The sword is you accept God, you know, division. It's a little bit like, um, it's a, let me put it in a carnal way. Donald Trump caused, cause, um, well, Brexit. Let me say Brexit caused um, division amongst many families. That's a sword. Because some say no Brexit. Some say we want to remain in the common market. So, and, and others say, no, 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 we want to be liberated. We want to be free. We want to have our own destiny. We want to pay for that cause friction. You know, and if you remember, you, you probably, I don't know how old you are, you probably don't remember, but there was the coal miner strike that right, that was like in the 70s, right up until now, the enmity, the animosity that came from the miner strike that divided families exists up until this very day in the places where the, where, where the miners were, were, were like in the north and other places, you know, because, because the, um, the thing that divided them was some, some, um, some was on strike and some weren't on strike. And that caused division in families. In families, that's a sword. The sword is, is um, to strike or not to strike. The sword is to follow God and follow him properly with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That, with all your soul, that is the sword. So that's what Jesus came to, to make a man love him. And somebody else, when he makes you love him and somebody else in your family or in your circle don't love him, you cannot be at peace because it's impossible for you to be at peace. If you really love God, you're not, you're not going out to say, I don't like you anymore, brother, because I'm not a Christian. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm saying by the fact that you embrace the Lord Jesus Christ, you make yourself enemy to people. Brother Alfred, brother yeah. Alfred um, I just want to refer you to a scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Yes. Blessed are the peacemakers, yes. for they will be called children of God. Yes. So I understand your point in terms of the fulfillment of Christ. Yeah. Um, can, I, can, can, I stop you, can I stop you a little bit, brother? I hear, yeah, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, but listen, you, you, you are, you're a peacemaker. You are not making war with anybody jesus is making the war with people it's not you it's not your business my friend you're accepting him that's all jesus jesus is offering himself to you you accept him and that's what makes the war because you accept him and somebody else don't accept him that's it it's not you it's not what you're doing you're not making you're 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 a peacemaker you're not making war with anybody christ is making the war that's what he said he said he's not saying i come for you to make war he says i come not to send peace i do not send peace it's jesus it's not you you're a peacemaker jesus is not making peace between me and sinners jesus is making me the voice of god he's making me the light the conflict he's making me this he's making me the thing that that shows up darkness and when you show up darkness you are not a friend of anybody who loves darkness because one well because I guess I still we need to answer um, Pramvi's question. But I think the, the easiest way to, because to, uh, the reason why I kind of agree with what Alfred is saying is 
on the kind of reese no no it's just like because i guess it's because i I'm, I'm seeing it from a different reason but i didn't share it initially um it's because it's kind of like running through that that thing of um that when when it comes to jesus with the with the gospels he's coming in with salvation judgment obviously you look at what um john the baptist says so oh like um i'm doing these things paraphrasing but um the one who's coming after me is not going to baptize with water he's coming with baptism of the holy spirit and he's also coming with fire he, he talks to the jews about the fact that he's um refiner yeah he's axes at the uh, axes at the base of the tree you know um he's winning for the threshing floor all these judgment terms that they would understand there and then um and as he continues going through obviously he has all these um these miracles that he used to prove that he's come from god for those who God is drawing to himself. And then as he works his way up, he obviously gets to the um back to the Pharisees who and the other Pharisees that yeah, and scribes who have had God's law since the start. Yeah. Um but they obviously they know it all, but they've not been changed by it. So the fact that, you know, the Messiah who all the Jews know have come um who was coming um via the um the uh, vision of Daniel with the um, with the with the statue. Yes. Because um, abomination the, of desolation. Uh, no, no, with um, with the the Babylonian statue, with the the separate thing was over the kingdom. I think you mentioned it before. Um, so obviously, you've got the Babylonian empire, and then the the three other ones. You got like gold, silver, bronze. Oh, and then, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and then the um, the last part being the the clay and the yeah, iron yeah oh. yeah and then obviously yeah. the and and then and then the stone that is cut out without hand came and smashed them all yeah and that being the the kingdom okay. of uh kingdom of god that's there and obviously jesus says oh you know the kingdom of god is in your midst so it's the case of oh and then i guess you got like um the prophet isaiah who talks about you know um jesus will come and he'll be cut off and all these sorts of things so they they had all the resources given by God to say that, you know, this is the thing that's coming, but obviously when he's coming, he's coming in salvation judgment. So he's saving those who God has drawn out, but he's also judging those who have broke his covenant. Of course. Um, and that's all leading up to the, to of the, course. Um, of course. the destruction of Jerusalem. Yes. So I, I can see in the fact that if God's drawing out people to himself, they're going to cling to him. And then obviously you see this contention from the get go, especially like things like the book of Acts. And you look at all the, like the other epistles, you've got like, those yeah. who like false brethren and they're bringing so, all these things in so you can see that friction there so understand yeah yeah like, so can i can i also have a, a bit bit of, bit of reason as well um and and fate your cousin what's his name again please oh james james so so james james so so listen listen what happened during um during um um the times of the apostle and this is the gospel this is now the, the age of the gospel Okay. You know, you you had you you had people um, during the time of the scribes and the Pharisees, people who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, right? And the people who hung onto Judaism, and the people who hung onto Judaism was was their killing, even their turning over their own family to um to to to, to be killed. You know, that's what Jesus is saying. People have chosen him. It's like you choose a side. You choose Christ, and by by choosing Christ. You know um that that is what causes division you know it's not that um it's not that you have set out and say i want division no 
you're a peacemaker, but by what you choose, that by default, you know, um, it's, a, it's like Jesus, the Bible said, the Bible says that G Christ came not into the world to condemn the world. You, 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 anybody remember reading that scripture? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah? Hello? Yes. yes. So, so he came not into the world to condemn the world, but I'm going to say to you, he did come into the world to condemn the world. And you'll say, well, the scriptures say he didn't, but he did. It's a default thing. He didn't come to do it, but by default, he did it. If he didn't come, they wouldn't be condemned. But by coming, they condemn because men prefer darkness to light. So by coming, he didn't come to say, I condemn you. But by coming, he condemned them. Had he not come, they would not be condemned. Yeah? So by default, there's a default that goes on. The default is, you know, if, I, if this don't happen, then that won't, then something else won't happen. But, but, but when it happens, by default, something else happens. So that's what happens. So by accepting Jesus Christ, the default situation is that you will not be, it's like Jesus said, you, the world will not love you because it didn't love me because you are not of the world. If you are, if you are of the world, Jesus said, if you are of the world, the world will love you. It loves its own. But now you are not of the world. Therefore, the world will hate you just like they hated me. They called me Beelzebub. They will, what do you expect they're going to do to you? you know? So this is what I'm saying. It's the default thing. It's not that like you actively go out there and say you're going to make enemies of people. No, no, no. It's the occupation that you choose that puts you in a different, in a different light. It, it changes your philosophy. It changes the thing you believe, the things you say, the things you practice, and the world does not like righteousness that we practice. So therefore, the world hates us. And that's the word of God. The world will hate us. If it won't hate us if we, if, we, if we love it and if we, if we are in it, are, 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 are not in it, if we, um, if we, um, yeah, if we are in it, if we, if we, if we, if we, if we live it, it will love us because we are, we are, we are part of it. But if we step out of it into Christ, then we are in a different world. We're in the king, the world of the kingdom of God, and the world is in darkness, and darkness does not like or love light. You can see that McCoys have their hand up as well, if they want to. Who, who was somebody else there, Anup? Oh, yeah. Hi, evening, evening. Hi. Myself and my husband are here, but um, I'm the one that has the comment to make. And um, it's in regards to what Palmer has put in, where it speaks about how we can contend for the faith. Yes. And um, what comes to mind instantly is um, when you watch something like Lord of the Rings and you see how the people in those movies are prepared to fight for a cause that they believe in, something that um, they get behind entirely. So that's kind of what pops into my head of this idea of they kind of get behind their banner. We know that Jesus is our banner. So it's this idea of getting behind something that you know, but it's something that I believe to be able to fight for our faith we have to first fully understand, well, what is that faith that I believe in? So that's Absolutely. the first step, this, this understanding, this learning and seeing, well, what is it that I believe in? What, yeah. what makes sense to me in this? What could someone come to me with that I'm not too sure and that I actually need to kind of grow more and see more? And once I now have an understanding of my faith, the next step is then building up yourself in prayer. It's, it's listening to the guidance from the Holy Spirit of, well, how do I say a situation comes to you? And it's, oh, how do I deal with this situation? It's let's listen and let's see, is the Holy Spirit speaking to me through this? Are there Bible scriptures that are brought to mind that I can use to kind of use as my shield in these situations or use as a sword as you've been speaking about for um, being on the offense? So 
my understanding or where I see of how I can contend my faith is by first understanding well what is it that I understand what what battle is it that I'm fighting because you know the scripture tells us that it's it's not against flesh and, flesh and blood it's against principalities and darkness in high places so it's understanding the levels like what are the levels of the battleground am I a pawn that I go out first that I don't fully understand am I more of a military guard am I having to train other people to get to a level for them to go forward and what's yeah. the Holy Spirit telling me to do in all of these different situations what what am I being obedient to in all of this so they're my few words on the question yeah. that I'm posed fantastic thank you yeah very well said and I like the Lord of the Ring analogy you stand you stand on this under a banner you know, you stand on, you know, um, it, and this is what I'm, I go back again and I says, you know, sometimes people relegate and, and do this, this disrespect to the Old Testament, but but the Old Testament has the has the story that, um, that, that that actually puts into flesh and visibility the kind of a battle that we fight. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, when certain things happen in scripture, um, um, Moses would say, who is on the Lord? This is, these are all brethren. These are all family. These are tribes. These are these are people from the same tent, people from the same family. But they they've rebelled against God. And Moses come and say, "Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come over here with me." And that divided family, because some is on the Lord's side. Some is saying, "Let's go back to Egypt," and some is saying, "No, we're we're going forward to Canaan." So so the idea of this this division, you know, you know, is is do you embrace God? That by itself causes division you know uh, you know just by embracing them you don't have to, you don't have to go out and make yourself an enemy to anybody automatically that's what comes with the gospel that's the badge of the gospel that every man is going to be against you that's why we're gonna that's why the disciples were running to and fro because everybody was against them you know their family was against them family because what they because you're taking on something something that they don't understand and they don't believe in and they don't accept so they ain't gonna be your hunky-dory um huckleberry friends Thank you. Can I could I just interject something, Reese? Um, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I was just going to say, um, you know, the moment that you become a Christian, we should be different, yeah. And the moment you start to preach the gospel, something should happen. Most of what we hear of what the world, uh, you know, of what Christianity seems today to think is the gospel isn't the gospel. I think you know because if it is the gospel, why are why isn't the word impacting on the people? And why are they not being persecuted, the ones who are preaching it? Because it's not the gospel they're preaching. The true gospel brings conviction. You know, you have to, like Pastor Alfred says, you have you can't be in two places. You either you're here by virtue of the fact of your position. You're either in the kingdom of light or in the kingdom of darkness. There isn't a middle kingdom. So, so what I'm thinking is that. Uh, when we see these uh, big TV preachers and uh, preachers that we know of, that many of our brethren, some of our ministers, espouse to. And I mentioned this a few days ago that yeah, even our ministers are reading their books. The people who are using their positions, uh, what Jude we just talked about, some of our ministers read their books, some of our members read their books. And most of our leaders in, in uh, high authority don't condemn them. And Brother Pramby, you see the seriousness uh, of the gospel. Yeah, and Brother Pramby, and the problem, and I just cut in there, the problem with reading the book, right, is, is, is not, say, per se, reading the book. It's actually taking on board 
the principles that these people preach and then bringing them bringing them uh, and making them normal so 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 what i like what i said on sunday is um is that you know um you 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 almost and i say almost people can read almost anything to understand what people are saying but is when you start to embrace the doctrine of the benny in and the and the td jakes and whatever it be you know that's where you be you, you, you know you're getting yourself you're making yourself um you're getting yourself in a in a bit of a twist so so reading is one thing but taking on board um their doctrine that's is that's the thing yeah the, the danger is you know the spirit that is operating in the children yeah. of disobedience the spirit is expressed in the words yes so people the doctrine is seduction yeah. satan is a seducer yeah. serpent and dragon yeah. so he has two aspects a dragon is the persecutor and the serpent is the seducer yeah the doctrine that came in to the churches in the in the new testament that we saw that jude was seeing and in revelation was the doctrine of seduction people were being seduced secretly uh, because men were coming in we have doctrines floating in and amongst us within the homes of members with on their bookshelves in how they speak and how they are applying those principles to their jobs. Yes. Yeah. See how the seduction has already worked its way through. Mm. And when you talk to them about the true gospel, they struggle to understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Because the true gospel brings persecution. Now, yeah. why does it bring persecution? Because of the word. Jesus said persecution comes as a result of the word. Yeah. By and by, people are either offended. Yes. In other words, yes. or the world is offended and yes. they can't take the word. Yes. But if they preach the word from a fleshly point of view, they're not really preaching the word. What they're doing is using the word to, to, to preach the flesh, yes. how to be rich, yes. how yes. to be happy, how to be comfortable. And, and with regards to uh, James earlier, uh, sorry, I don't know your name. Uh, uh, you're very well, James. I only know you from today. I think what Pastor Alfred, you were alluding to is that the nice niceness that's going on you know when you're a christian we should not jesus said if they persecuted me they will persecute you i'm the master the lord of the house you're only the servants but we don't see that in the west but where in the east and in africa where the people are standing they're being persecuted daily they are the ones who are mourning that we talked about you know in matthew 5 we talk about the peacemakers but look before blessed are they that mourn who are the mourners the ones who are being persecuted, whose houses and churches are being destroyed, whose pastors are being shot. Yeah, I, I appreciate the point. So I'm not arguing on the fact of what was made, the point that was made. Oh. What I'm trying to say is that how my conversation with my cousin correlates to the fact of Christ living. I, I know the scripture. I live by the scripture, I know. Praise God. But it's it, it's it's just I just didn't understand how that correlated with the fact of our having a little discussion before essentially the podcast started and how that's it, it's gone into more of a point of well then we should be at war with one another, even no. though we're believers. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, no, no. We're believers. No, no, no. Believers. But yeah, but James, but James, that's not that's not what I said. I did not say that um, that we should be at war with another. I says Christ said, "This is why 
I came. You think I come for a particular purpose? And no, this is what I came for. And that's what that that was the quote. Is I came to send a sword. That's Jesus's word. I come. Oh, to yeah. Send, yeah, yeah. I come to set a man against his his father, and the father-in-law against the the son-in-law, whatever. You know. So that's the point I'm making. So so the, let me let me go on a little bit further. So listen, listen. This is take up your cross. He said. Jesus says, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. And it's for the sake of Christ why you why 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 we say Moses said, those that are on Christ's side, let them come by me. And that is the thing that caused the division. You just your choice, your choice in and my, my, my friend, sometimes in families, people make choices about certain things that is not even as weighty as um as the, the, the as salvation and life and death and that caused uh, that caused division you know and so 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 you know so it's not it's not it's not that you are going to say you know I'm I'm not a friend with that person anymore I'm not you know no, no it just happens by default you know because of what you choose you know if you choose something and somebody if you choose a particular football um, group or team to follow, you're gonna go to watch their match, and you ain't gonna go to the one that your brother go to to watch. You know, because you, by choice you're gonna shout for Villa. By choice, somebody gonna shout for Wolves. That's a choice. You can't shout for the two team because one one is your team to death. If and especially when Villa playing Wolves. And, and, and you have a wolf and a villa, you ain't gonna be shouting for wolves when you're a villa supporter. That's how it is. By default, you have a difference there, a difference, and you want a different outcome because of your the choice that you make. But if two of you are shouting for the same football team, you'll you'll make a very nice um, um rhythm on the drum, Jordan. <laughs> Excuse because um, I'm still trying to get my, my head around because I think yeah, in possibly in regards to the, say that the conversation in the start. I would say that the conversation we had at the start is a reference, it could be used as a reference to say that it kind of shows the unity we have through Christ. Obviously, we are related via blood also, but had that not been there, we still have that unity because of Christ. So, like within the body of Christ, we will always have that unity. So, regardless of what color of the, uh, what color of the world you come from, um, I guess I haven't traveled out really, but you you always tend to find that you've got that that unity there because you might speak a different language, you might have a different culture, sort of background and things like that. But you catch that person because it's like you know what we have the same ground that we stand on. But then those who are unbelievers, we can I guess we can have um, conversations about other things, but they tend to have um, a different route. So we can have a conversation about abortion they might believe one thing might we believe another but we believe another because we've got the bible as a basis and we believe that um you know we have god the father and the holy spirit they have their own worldly wisdom to to fall back on so we have that rift between them we can certainly have peace with them there's there's not you know we're not saying that you know let's plot and let's gnash our teeth and let's starve ourselves until these pers these people are killed 
we get along with them because it's the love of God that um, prompts us to do so. But you will find that there's just some things that are um, you can't reconcile because it's certainly something that I've noticed where it's just like you you get on with people. This is okay, but then you get to like certain topics like yeah, I can't see eye to eye with you. I must, I always have to build a bridge. I always always have to build a bridge because that's what we are we are called to do. But um, there has to be a point where it's just okay. I kind of need to draw a line. I can't agree with you on this because it goes completely against what God has said, and I know even more so that you have not got a basis to have that stance because you don't believe the same thing that I do. So I think that's probably where where that's coming. But then it's it's a it's a different thing when um when you have this thing between and I use it in inverted commas, the body of believers, because I think that it goes back to the same, like the wheat, the wheat and chaff thing, where um, you see this division of, of, well, you know, everyone should be on the same page. And I find it interesting how um, a lot of the epistles, when they refer to these, like these false brethren, it's those who you're rubbing shoulders against. So we kind of say with our lips, oh, you know, we believe the same thing. But then if you begin to pull things apart, so we're not actually on the same page with some of the things so it's like um that there uh, has to be a separation but yeah no no yeah 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 so you, 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 i think yeah, that's coming to i think the separation has to come and the separation of the sword that jesus is talking about that's doesn't come because we're so close we are accepted as being christians you know in parliament and in politics and all this and that that's suddenly in the last two years that's gone there is no more respect for christians no, People no. are scrambling in between, looking for their place, which has already been given that we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, I think, without taking too much time, this uh, idea that you can be a great citizen, you can be anything you want in this world, but I'm about to give you some news. If you are a Christian, they're going to put us right down. And I think that's coming very, very quickly. So all this, uh, I'm going to be a successful businessman, all this and that, they may take your business away. Yeah. This is the kind of things that are going on right now. They, they may strip you of your honours. This is just COVID that's done this. Yeah. Wait until the real offence comes. And yeah. that offence is not going to come until we start preaching the word. Then yeah. you're going to see those things yeah. happening. Yeah. And... and, and, and um because we're probably coming down to a close um i'll just like to to um well i'm gonna say finish off but probably if you want to discuss further on then that then that's fine but i'd just like to um introduce some 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 other scriptures as well if you like yeah so for example then um some of us might believe that um you know i don't know i hope not that's a uh, you know if you if your wife or your husband is is prepared to to lie um to lie or to cheat or to steal you you know some might believe that because it's my wife and because it's my husband i've got to i've got as a christian i've got to go along with them as well well yeah let let, let, let me share let me share a scripture with you right and 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 that's a you know listen this is how jesus puts it you know jesus tells us the story you know he said this is how it's going to be it's no ifs or but he said this is how it's going to be he says and this is and these scenarios that jesus posed to us is actually talking about proximity 
closeness. He's demonstrating how close people are, but yet there's a division. He says, this is what he's saying, when it boils down to this heaven and earth and, and the gospel, he says, two shall, be, two shall be walking in the field. The one shall be taken to heaven and the other one left behind. And the two walking in the field is about communion, partnership, walking together, two walking because they think they agree. But Jesus is saying, you know what? Two people who get on very well shall be walking together. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. And this is going back now if you, to, to, to ancient time when, when you're grinding at the mill, you're facing each other, you're grinding. You know, like it's like a seesaw business. You're you're working in tandem and in partnership. Jesus says one shall be taken and the other one left. That's all. That's how it is. So we, the fact that you're working together, tough. You know, one's gonna be the, the fact that your 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 brothers and sisters tough. One's gonna be taken and the other one left. Jesus gives. He brings it down to the to the to the marital um, relationship now. Two shall be in the bed, and I'm saying two shall be in the bed because a, a man and woman supposed to be in the bed, and and by how a doctrine, a, a, a married man and a married woman supposed to be in the bed. Jesus said, two shall be in the bed, the one shall be taken and the other left. That is how that is. That, that's the divide. That's what. That's the sword. Jesus coming. You you ain't going. You know, unless you unless we all embrace Jesus Christ, we are we are divided. We ain't going the same place. Jesus divides us because of because you accept him and somebody reject you. you know, because here it is. You know, um, if you are with a sinner, remember. You know, it boils down to. If you if if you if you've both heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, it boils down to one thing: somebody has accepted Jesus and somebody has rejected him. You know, if you know, we said, no, "Oh, this person isn't saved." Well, until that person is saved, that person has, has actually rejected Jesus Christ. It's a deliberate thing. You, you, to get saved is a deliberate; it's intentional. You make up your mind. You embrace the calling of God, and somebody else was not embracing. It's also deliberate. It's also intentional. You know, so. So that's that's the point where we are. So listen to this now. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a, a, poss a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also, being privy in agreement, collusion. That's I'm just adding adding some buffer into it to make it clear. His wife also being privy to it in collusion. She uh, and brought and they brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said unto Ananias, so Ananias, now Peter said to Ananias, why, why has Satan filled your, your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? He said, it's always was, whilst it was in your, whilst it, whilst it remained, was it not yours? Your, it was your own. And after, and after it was sold, was it still not your in your power? To do whatever you wanted to do, but you come telling lies. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart to lie on? You have not lied unto men, but you have lied to God. Now, and the Bible says, Ananias, hearing these words, he fell down dead and he gave up the spirit, gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. Now, but here's the thing now. Now, him and his wife, of course, they colluded together. They joined force against God. They joined force to lie to Peter, to lie to the Holy Spirit. They thought they were lying to Peter, but they joined force together. They colluded together to lie to God. And, and so, and it was about the space. 
And so the young men come take him out and bury him. And it was about the space of three hours. So his wife now has the opportunity. She don't know the story, but she has the, she's going to be given the opportunity to repent. Because you don't have to go to hell because your wife going to hell. Or you don't have to go to hell because your husband's going to hell. You don't have to go to hell because your brother's going to hell. You don't have to go to hell because your sister's going to hell. We have to make choices for ourselves. Yeah. So, and it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, tell me, you see, he's given her the opportunity to repent. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much the amount that your husband said. And she said, yes, we did. We sold it for so much. And Peter said to her, then Peter said unto her, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. And she fell down dead and straight, straight at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And, you know, so we go back, we're going back to my original proposition, the seriousness of the gospel. God, a lot of us, we want to believe, and we could argue it because I know, I know that people say it, but we could argue it and I could rip it apart and show you through scripture. It don't go the way we think we go. We all believe that we're all friends of God. No, you, we should, we should, we should seek to be friends of God. When Jesus says, you are my friends, he's talking to his 12 disciples. They went on a journey with him. They went on a journey with him and he proved them and he proved them. And, they, you know, and he says, I don't call you servants anymore or whatever. I call you friends. And, but, and that, uh, that um, invitation, however, is open to us. But we got to do, do like what the disciples did. When we do like what they did, then God may well call us friends. Yeah, you know, you know, when we when we are obedient, when we when we are um, when we do all the things that the disciples did, the, the, the faithfulness, the um, the grace, the, the mercy, the love, the justice, the, you know, accepting the cross of Jesus Christ. When we follow hard after Jesus Christ, we become his friend. You know, when we walk in the shadow, we it, it inevitably we will become his friend. But if I'm not, I call myself a Christian, but that. Am I really a Christian? Am I following after the Lord Jesus? Do I love him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength? Do I love him more than my mother, my father? Do I deny, do, do I deny my very life as well? Do I love him more than land and property and everything as well? If I don't, how can I be his friend? If I hate Brother Paramvir or Brother Greece and I don't have respect for them, how can I be the friend of God? You know, we're living under delusion sometimes. And this is what these very lovely um discussion that Reese has generated and has commanded and has and has been the spirit of the lord has perked him up to to bring them to our attention to have these discussions it's to challenge the very thought of our mind we examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith or not because sometimes we just go in happily down the merrily down the road and we think that everything is on but we need to challenge ourselves and how you challenge yourself as my sister said before um you know, you, there's only one way to challenge yourself. Open up the word of God and look in that mirror and see what it says to you. What manner of man, what manner of woman it commands us to be. It doesn't, it's a command. It's not a, it's not a request. There's no negotiation. God commands us to repent. He commands us to live righteous. He commands us to be just, to be righteous, to be just. To be righteous means to do the things which are right 
in the sight of God. That's what righteousness is, doing the things that are right in the sight of God. Love me more than your father and your mother. Love me more than your brother and your sister. That's what Jesus, he said, if you don't, you cannot be my disciples. And those are the words of Jesus Christ. So, um, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. He commands men everywhere to repent and live the best that we can. No, God defines how the standard by which we should live, and it's not our standard. So we could go back to the beatitude, blessed are the merciful, blessed, blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers. You know, and that, those, are the bit, those are the bit that we remember, but it goes on after that, the same chapter goes on, blessed are ye when men are, when you are persecuted for righteousness sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. He said, Jesus said, if they take away your coat, give them your cloak as well. If, a man, if they say, go a mile, go twain, he says, you know, this is what he says. You know, he said, you think that, you, you think that, you think that, you think, it is, it, the, the, what I'm actually suggesting, the gospel is not light, it's heavy. It's heavy, but it's bearable because we have the Holy Spirit with, with us, it is impossible. That's what Jesus, with men, it is. When the disciples heard how weighty the gospel was, they said, Lord, this is what they said to Jesus. Master, who then can be saved? Jesus said, with men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Because we are with God, because the spirit of God is guiding us, because we've submitted ourselves to him, because we're allowing him, we have yielded ourselves to him to guide us. We don't know the way. We say, lead us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. We're asking him to lead us because we don't know the way. We don't have the strength. We don't have the courage. We don't have the fortitude. We're asking him to lead us. And therefore, it becomes possible when we, that's why he said, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and everything is okay. If we come out of the vine, out of the vine, that's when we're in trouble. And remaining in the vine means that we are getting substance, spiritual substance from the tree, from the vine, and we're being fed spiritually. We're being spelled, we're being fed um, in the spirit, in righteousness, in goodness. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. You know, this is what, this is what, these are what we're getting when we are in Christ. Therefore, Christ gives these gifts unto us, and therefore it is more than possible for us to go to heaven and become the friend of God. When God beholds us and see all the fruits of righteousness that he has bestowed upon us shining in our lives, when we become the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the we are, the Bible says we, we become like a sweet smelling savior to him. Then I believe God will call us my friends. You know, so let me just finish the scripture then. So um, okay, let me just jump down to the to the end. Yeah. So 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 this is it. The gospel. Now, now. We've been discussing the gospel, Brother Reese, um, over the, and we've been trying to get, and, and my sister said we need to, she said, you know, we need to, she need to understand what the gospel is or what the thing is, then she know what, what, how, what to believe and what to embrace and things like that. So let me tell you what the gospel is. The gospel is the whole Bible, the whole Bible, and listen carefully because we think that's the gospel is just the New Testament, the Bible, the gospel is the whole Bible and everything in it that Christ has done, taught and 
upheld and fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament, as we call it all. You know, all the things that Jesus upheld, fulfilled. And he's, he, when Jesus was telling, telling um, his disciples about him after the resurrection, he didn't tell them about the New Testament. He goes back to Moses and Isaiah and the Psalm and the prophets and said, this is me. I am from, he goes back to the whole, the whole thing that has gone. He said, this is me. This is all about me. I am in, he said, behold, I am in the volume of it. You know, so for I am not a listen, for I am not ashamed. This is the apostle, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What I'm saying, the gospel is serious. There's a seriousness about it that modern day society, modern day churches, we sing it to death, we sing the gospel to death, we make it light. It become a song. It is weight on our backs, but we are able to bear it like John Bunyan because the grace of God is in us. But we just love to be happy and cheerful and think that I'm not saying we shouldn't be those things, but that's not what the gospel is. The gospel is heavy. And we, when you're carrying heavy burden, you're heavy. Thank you. I, yeah, I, could, I could explain a lot more, and I hope that you understand understand my, my rational, my reasoning, and I could reason it out, and I could write a book about this thing, you know, but, but, um, but because of time and things like that, you know, if you want to ask me a question, if you want to communicate with me here and after, I am available, I will be available, because this is my meat, and this is my drink, and, and, I, and, and I do confess I understand the scripture, yeah, I understand the scripture. And um, and I'm and, I, and I'm I'm available to discuss with anyone who wants to discuss. Um, but then listen to the when we discuss in scripture, we must compare scripture with scripture, spiritual thing with spiritual. You know, we don't just pick one verse or one everything. It's the whole that make the story complete. You know, um, so we need to we need to do that. So thank you, brother Reese, brethren. If you want to continue discussing, let's do it. But then I've do, I've done the bit that I'm gonna do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I've got two things. I guess it might be good to look at how we can contend with the faith and maybe even use examples of um, false gospels and taking those apart. So, like, the, I, and to be fair, it's something that I ended up doing with, um, with Jordan, where it's just a case of, like, well, when I hear certain preachers say certain things, it's like, oh, I know where this comes from. You've used this keyword and this comes under the umbrella of this. Okay, so I need to be... Um, navigating with discernment about certain things about such and such and when people use this as like, oh, okay that comes from this as well. or you inquire about why they've come to this conclusion or such and such so that might be a good thing to go into um the only thing um when you're talking about um i don't want to say it's like a minor thing but yeah um when you're quoting matthew 24 about you know the um so like you got the two working in the field one's taken up to heaven one's left um i would say that's taken wouldn't say out of context, but it's flipped on its head because Jesus refers to the days of Noah um, when we're talking about that. So it's it's not so yeah. much about one going to heaven and one staying behind. It's actually one being taken out and one remaining, the same way that with Noah and his family. Uh, yeah, no, it, so it's it's that sort of thing there. But then that kind of still pushes into the the yeah. seriousness of yeah, the gospel. No, 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 you still no, got that but, damnation yeah. thing yeah. there. Yeah, but that I was hear, just. A, I hear you. I hear. But it is it is talk. It is talking about It is talking about the coming of the Lord. I tell you that. Oh yeah, no, my, yeah. without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. I guess so when I when I'm looking through that, it's it's not a say like a. 
I guess it's here, it's a conversation for another time. It's not an es eschatological sort of discussion. It's a, um, it's again going back to the judgment sort of thing because I guess the whole thing that starts off the conversation is Jesus talking about the, um, the destruction of the temple, which causes the entire discussion with that. But I guess it's something I've, I think I may have discussed it in part with Pranvia. So that I think that's something that's probably worth digging into. But I think it does kind of reiterate the seriousness of the gospel when you begin to think that, well, you know, the, the Jews were given every everything. They were given prophets. They were given um, uh, all these supernatural things that, you know, God's given them to say that, you know, I'm the one that I want to, uh, that I'm, I'm the one who you need to follow. But then, and I've given you everything, I've given you covenants, I've got all these promises, I've fulfilled them all. But despite the fact you've given it all, you've broken them. And now has come the time for me to save those who want to draw to myself, but I'm also going to judge those who have broken that law. And you don't see in the, um, you don't see in the Bible, but I'd, you know, I'd find it very interesting that like um, 70 AD isn't necessarily, so it's mentioned, but it's never something that's really broken down because it's just like, well, if it's, if it's not that sort of thing that, Jesus was referring to why is it that when um, he's carrying the cross up to um, to uh, yeah. can I just pick up there, um, brother um, brother Reese? Because I saw somebody says um, quite. A, I'm just reading the thing, and I, I don't know if anybody did comment. Like somebody said quite a morbid session. <laughs> death oh, is that was at the start. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. I was talking about the and all that. Yeah. That, that is a morbid thing, and we're you know, listen, Moses. Let me tell you, Moses said, um, when Moses was getting ready to die, Moses says, um, I'm now 120 years old, and I can't go out with you anymore because my time is coming to an end. God is going to take me. He says, it, it, so he, he decided to admonish the children of Israel. He says, yeah, call them together, and he admonished them. He says, look. He says, he reminded them of everything that God told him to tell them. And he says, I know that after my departure, that's what he said. Just And, and, and I suspect the Apostle Paul, when he said that after my departure, grievous wolves shall come in. I know grievous wolves shall come in, not spearing the flock. And we could ask ourselves, why does the Apostle Paul say after my departure? Well, because the Apostle Paul and the Apostles, they were like gatekeepers. They were, they were gatekeepers for the, for, the, for, the, for the, and that's why Jude would say, contend for it. You are gatekeeper. We are gatekeeper. But you can't gatekeep what you don't know. You got to know what you're gatekeeping. And that's why, you know, the discussion about the gospel is so important. We need to know what it is. We need to gatekeep. You know, you know um, we need to take ownership of it and gatekeep it against the false teachers, as Brother Paramvi is rightly saying. So this is what Moses, this is what the Apostle Paul said. After my departure, grievous wolves shall come in among you, not sparing the flock. They're going to be sowing their evil, you know, and destroying the, the minds of people, you know. Um, so Moses, before he before he, he he was taken taken from them, he called them together, the whole nation, and he said, he says, I know. I'm telling you everything that God has done. I have not held anything back from you that God has revealed to me to give to you so that you can, you can obey Him. He said, but listen, I know that after my departure, after my death, you are you are gonna you're going to wholeheartedly turn back from God, which, which you know the story. Moses knew what he was talking about because that is exactly what happened. He says, you're going to completely turn back from God. You know, 
um but you, you know but 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 he, but he, but he said so so he said so 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 because and you know what he said he said you're going to turn back from him why do i know this because even when i'm alive you turn back from him so when i am not here to rebuke you you're going to hold out and turn away from him and this is the problem the scripture says and this is one of brother parm um thing that he's he's saying you know um you know the time is coming and when they, the scripture, they will not abide sound doctrine. What we're telling you tonight, brothers and sisters, is sound doctrine. There's, it's not light. It's heavy, but it's lovely. You know, listen, if you're, if you're, if you, if you go into the gym, you know, if we got any people going to the gym here, you know, and you're trying to build up your muscle and build up your stamina and your strength, you ain't going to be picking up the lightweight. You're going to pick up things that's going to make your muscles stretch and grow. God stretching us forever. And remember what Jesus says. Jesus tells us this, how it goes. He says, narrow. Narrow is the way. This is Jesus. He's telling us the way to heaven. He says, I am the way. He says, narrow is the way that leads to life. Few find it. But he said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that find it. You know, so that should tell us God don't come to take everybody to heaven. God come to take those who answer the call. Who submit to his submit to his, his supremacy, submit to his sovereignty, who, who, who confess him before men. You know, those are the ones that he's gonna take to heaven. He didn't come to take everybody to heaven. Listen, we know that not everybody going to heaven. That's why the Bible says hell has, hell has enlarged itself. Because God knows the story. Why does Christ say few find it? Because Jesus knows the story. Not everybody's gonna, not everybody's gonna, gonna, gonna go on that straight and narrow way. You know, why? Because the Bible says, like, men love darkness rather than light. You know, and that's the story. So those who don't love darkness and want to, and love the Lord and, and, and answer the call of God, you know, God will work with them. He will embolden them. He will strengthen them. He will secure them. And they will be in heaven, you know. You know but then the majority, not going to heaven. And people say, what do you say? Well, the Bible says so. That's the gospel. Jesus is not talking here in fear. He's talking truth to us. And we need to understand. That's why it's serious. That's why, that's why the, the Apostle Paul recognizes us seriously. You know what he says to us, Reese? He says, provoke one another to love and to good work. And provoke me, and I must trouble you. I must hint to you. You must be hint to me, and I must be hint to you. Provoke, provoke one another to love and to good work. Examine yourself daily. Because sometimes we think we stand but we ain't standing. So we need to provoke one another. Don't take, don't be complacent. You know, if that's, that's what that, when we listen to the, when we listen to the TD Jakes and those places, by God, those people make you complacent. It just be, make you believe all you have to do is, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord and, and have fun. You know, that's not don't what- get money. And, and get money. Yeah, that's not what Christ came for. Jesus <laughs> came, the, but the, the, listen, I tell you, in, in Hebrew, it says, if God spared not his son, his own son, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And neglecting the salvation means not being truthful and faithful to what Christ deposited in our hand. That's why Jude says, I have to exhort you to contend, to fight for it. And sometimes, sometimes, listen, sometimes you know who you're fighting for it? 
You're fighting the very me as a me as a minister. Sometimes I have to, I will have to be fighting the very ministers that I'm ministers with, and that's what Brother Parmvir is saying. We allow foolishness to come in among us from outside and things like that. You, you know, so contending is contending against you, and you contending against me. The Apostle Paul contended against the Apostle Peter. He rebuked him. He said, "I rebuke him to his face because he was off the mark." But he came back on the mark, bless God. But but he come back because he was challenged. We need to challenge one another. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what God didn't, Jesus didn't come to make us unky-dory with one another. He came to make us sober. When we are sober, we have, when, so, to be sober means we are in the moment, in the presence with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we are able to correct one another. Imagine if all of us is in the moment. We correct one another so beautifully. David said, and we shouldn't be offended when we are corrected by one another. David said, let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness. It shall be like an excellent oil that shall not break my head because it's making me better. And that's what we're here for one another. So sometimes some people are offended because of hard, hard and solid preaching, you know, you know, but that is what's going to get us to heaven. If all we like is, is, is to be, to be, um, you know, smooth and, uh, and mother cuddled and things like that. I tell you, that ain't getting us anywhere. We need we need the gravitas of the gospel, and the gospel is heavy, it's weighty, but it's lovely because it is life. It's the power of God unto salvation. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, this session has been very interesting, but I'm hoping that at least by now, through genuine through this session but also the previous sessions or focusing on the gospel that it well and truly is important and significant for us as believers that if we do drift away from it in any way shape or form and we don't open our bibles up and study it for ourselves find out everything that is possible um in regards to the orthodoxy of it that we do go out and that we do preach it but we also base how we live in accordance to God's word using the gospel as a foundation that if we drift away from any of that it opens up the door to every possible heresy blasphemy false doctrine false teacher and this is something that is very very prevalent in scripture in the sense that you see these people rise up who are solely tasked and equipped to undermine the gospel and to undermine God's work but obviously as we understand the sovereignty of God he allows these things to happen so as much as we say that you know we have um, spiritual enemies which we do have our God that we serve is still sovereign and it allows these things to happen in accordance to his will so I do want you to be encouraged but also we want you to be challenged that you you do know the gospel for yourself. You understand what it means, what God has done to to change the trajectory of the lives of those he's chosen to gather and separate for himself that can receive this salvation. That none of us deserve it. None of us deserve it at all, but he's chosen out of his sovereign grace that we might be partakers of the salvation through faith alone in Jesus alone and that we are diligent in keeping the gospel 
highly protected then nothing is added to it nothing is taken away from it nothing is skewed or glossed over because we are dealing with judgment essentially if it if we don't understand the gravity of the things we're being saved from or we haven't fully grasped what we've been saved from or how it transforms us we won't see how those building blocks build the springboard to preaching the gospel to others and you would begin to question whether the gospel really has taken root in your heart and whether you just profess to have faith but don't actually possess it so i hope you do take heed and do reflect and do delve into the scriptures to find out whether the things we say here are true Um, i'm glad that we are trying to correct each other with regards to these essentials um and the other topics that do come up because i want us all to be strengthened um, but also to take responsibility for our salvation and that we do all things to the glory of God. I think for our our next session, although we are still planning for the ones that we mentioned in the previous episodes, they are developing at the moment. Um, But this one was a request by my cousin James Hernock. And I think it's poignant because it kind of leads, it's the what next sort of question um, to the gospel in regards to the trajectory to um, soteriology or better known as salvation and the underpinning and underworkings of that is that um, who is the Holy Spirit and understanding the power of the Holy Spirit and I think it would certainly time very nicely with the things we have discussed up until this point um, not only with regards to the gospel but also the things that we have discussed in the past but also the things we are going to discuss in the future because um, it is very much crossing the border into the topic of are we playing with strange fire which is something that's going to happen in the future Um, but I think this will probably be the best step forward in helping us understand the Holy Spirit better but also see where we're all at and see whether we can um, more in unison if needs be Uh, so that should be taking place this week and should be available to be listened to um, on Sunday if you don't get the chance to to hear it live but I'm hoping that everyone is blessed by the conversations that are taking place and being challenged and thinking for themselves I really do want us to get to grips with the essentials of the faith and I really do want us to be able to contend for the faith whether it be on our own or as a group as a body that we are equipped with the tools to be able to to hold our ground we have certainly mentioned that there are a lot of people who are trying to nullify, gut, um, distort, twist the very gospel that Jesus has given us and I think it's our responsibility to be the ones that stop in the gap and hold on to the truth and hold on to it regardless of what persecution comes that if it means that we become aliens so be it if it means that 
we lose our jobs or we are cancelled or um, we see afflictions of life so be it in the mind that we set our hearts on things above but also God will be glorified when we are truly satisfied in him and that people will see that we are serious about the trueness of the gospel the authenticity of the gospel the authenticity of the word and um, the God who has given us that when we do not yield regardless of what troubles come I would love us to be at that stage where we are completely unmovable and unshakable because of what Christ has done and what the Holy Spirit is doing through us and in us and what um, God the Father has appointed for us as we journey through to the end of time but I won't take any more of your time because this session was quite long as it was so um, yes I thank you again for listening to these sessions and until the next one take care and God bless